0: music became something that not only i was interested in passionate about music became sort of this and i know a lot of a lot of people say it you know it's it's their therapy but for me it was like medicine it was it it changed my life and it saved my life because you know there were some pretty desperate times uh in high school
1: Welcome to Off Key, a member on Labs podcast about music professionals for non music professionals. I'm your host, Linda Arnold. Join me, an industry novice, in conversations with members of Canada's music industry to learn more about their roles and how they first got started in the music business. Today I'm talking to two-spirit singer-songwriter Shawnee Talbot. In high school, Shawnee found music to be the medicine she needed to get her through a difficult time, and today uses it to give back and create that same medicine for others. We talked about the themes that inspire her work, and her decision to leave behind a record label and management to pursue her career as an independent artist. If you enjoyed this episode of Off-Key, please subscribe on your favourite podcast listening platform. That really helps us out. Let's get right into my conversation with
0: Shawnee. In my mind, music sort of chose me. It was the path that just sort of, I felt like, chose me rather than the other way around. You know, at a very young age, I started um, writing music and, um, you know, delving into instruments to be able to have the freedom to write music. And I just had, you know, like I was very passionate, emotional mind. Um... So, it was never short of anything to sort of like say and write about. Um, And then there was the performance aspect that happened when I was a young sort of teenager, uh, when I I sort of stumbled upon the performance part of music and discovered that it's a whole other world um, apart from the creating process. But being able to share sort of this um, connection with people live is you know, my other love. And then I started to develop sort of, I guess, like a business sense around um, music and, and what that meant to be an artist. Um, you sort of have to, well, you, I, I discovered that you have to kind of know all aspects of, of, of the music industry in order to be, to be able to sort of survive it um, and, and continue growing. So, you know, when that comes down to marketing and, um, publicity and, um, y- you know, developing how to develop music and develop yourself and, uh, you know, write down a website stuff and social media stuff. It's like this entire world that, um, if you don't know, you don't know. Right. And it's just sort of this, this broad sort of, uh, um, world that you need to to jump into and and tackle all aspects of of uh being in music so you know there's a lot of people that assume that it's you know if you're an artist and you do music it's the simple life but you know it's it's there's a lot you have to learn there's a lot you have to take on and um and and
1: continue growing it's not um as simple as people might like to think Yeah, that's definitely what I'm learning in doing this podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, It's kind of Mm -hmm. prior to starting this project outside of, you know, like knowing how to play an instrument and being a consumer of music. Like it was never an industry that I had really like taken a deep dive into, like learning what are, you know, the cogs behind the wheel and stuff like that. But I guess to rewind, um, where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in Welland, Welland, Ontario, like near... um... Like Niagara Falls,
0: I usually just say Niagara Falls because it's sort of beside that. No one knows where Welland is. But yeah, I grew up in Welland, and then I moved to Toronto when I finished high
1: school. I left high school and got out of there. Did you move to Toronto just kind of to seek a bigger city, or was it for university? Or it was for music? Was
0: it? Yeah, it was for music. I was really writing and like I was performing in my small town, and then and it was my first job was a Shania Twain impersonator. And then I started singing, um, sort of like in cover bands, you know, just making money and, and gaining some experience, sort of that beginning stages. Um, but then I really started writing, um, taking my writing seriously and wanting to become an artist, uh, as, a, you know, apart from being a performer, I wanted to figure out myself as an artist. So I knew I had to get my guitar and come to Toronto and share would have created in in uh, some of the spots here.
1: When did you kind of first get involved with music? Did you have like a really musical family? Did you like play instruments growing up or is that kind of something that you discovered on your own rather than being like you know what I mean like put into it at like five when everyone goes into piano class and stuff like that?
0: Yeah no it's I think I think it was like a little bit of both. My family, there was always music in my house growing up um, and like really like eclectic sort of like, you know, vibes. My dad was listening to like, you know, Garth Brooks country to like rock to, you know, rock music, alternative rock. And then my mom was more like, she introduced me to Melissa Etheridge, who I um, have respected since. Um, and like Beethoven and Yanni, and there's classical music happening in my house, where it gave me like this deep perspective on music and the power that it and and the capacity it has to um, sort of alter and change your state of mind. You know, um, sounds pretty deep, but music—it it was actually the classical music that, for me, I discovered. Um, just how powerful music can be and that
1: happened at a very young age do you start playing classical music or was it kind of more the what's the word here like the philosophy or the methodology behind it that you found like so powerful or it's just the
0: movement it's like an unspoken sort of movement in um especially when there aren't words attached to it that you sort of lean back on because words are a form of communication obviously. And, um, with classical music, you don't need to speak to, to understand or hear the emotionality in it. Um, so I, when I started playing piano, um, I, without lessons, my, my, my brother actually had a piano and I, so I kicked him off of it and started playing it and I would, would, attempt classical music at a young age and then my dad had a guitar and I would steal his guitar when he wasn't home and play that. So we did have music in the house and I think it was available uh, as far as instruments go and I just um, took, took them over.
1: That's really awesome. Mm-hmm. So you said that you used to sing for a Shania Twain cover band. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> um what were some of your musical influences when you was that like in like high school or like after high school kind of time it was
0: before I was um I I think maybe I was probably about 12 when I entered into this like ridiculous no offense to anyone but like pageant it just knowing me now it's I'm like the odd duck in and I very much was then. So I went in this pageant who someone introduced me to and, and I, like, bombed the whole thing. Um, but there was the talent section and I was listening to Shania Twain at the time and I um, sang a Shania Twain song and there was somebody there who was, like, this sort of local agent person who offered me a job to sing um, at their events that they um, they put together. So... That was my first job and then I moved uh, on from that to um performing after school in like night bars and uh, uh singing like in an ACDC Led Zeppelin cover band.
1: Wow that's a yeah. little different.
0: Way different
1: but that's you know
0: like both both experiences really have formed sort of this my ca- capabilities I think and vocally I believe you know I, I, I think that both of them definitely have, have uh, formed sort of who I am now.
1: When you were in high school, did you start writing music as well at that point, or was, or were you just kind of like working on like other people's projects? I
0: was writing music at about six. Oh wow. Um, okay. Mhm. Like I have my mom ma- has uh, like tapes of me recording like these songs about, I don't know what, but (laughs) like, I don't know what a six-year-old writes about, but um, when I got into high school, I, that was a time in my life that um, I sort of needed music uh, to help me get through some of the stuff that was going on around me. Um, And so music became something that not only I was interested in, passionate about music, became sort of this and I know a lot of a lot of people say it you know it's it's their therapy but for me it was like medicine it was it it changed my life and it saved my life because um you know there were some pretty desperate times uh in high school as a young sort of person um and and yeah I, I I being able to write being able to create, being able to sort of hide away in a room and and, and have that access to something that um, was 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 the medicine that um, I wouldn't have gotten anywhere else.
1: Would you mind, if you're comfortable, like elaborating on this mm-hmm. a little bit more? Because you do write about some very like heavy and very real topics with mm-hmm. some of your earlier tracks, such as like Mirror Me and Bore Your Heart. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, mirror me. Um, I wrote. I was going through this time in the industry and in my personal sort of life where um, I had just come out um, as two spirit, and you know, I was trying to figure out myself and where I sort of fit. Which is a, I mean, that that's in my opinion a forever sort of um, journey, but. At this point in my life I was dealing with the industry on top of that and sort of the pressure of I need to get signed you know and I had this management deal that went sour and this person was not um just not it wasn't a good fit um to say the least and I just felt, you know, I felt taken advantage of, and I felt like there were, you know, there were a lot of people sort of with opinions about who I should be, what I should say, what I shouldn't say, what my hair should look like, like, right down to the length of my hair, and um, it's ridiculous sort of looking back, um, these expectations, um, you know, of my body, and 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 the style of music, and I remember like, walking into a label, and um, I had my manager, and, and there was a lawyer, and there was someone out there, and um, and the label asked, so, you know, explain explain who you are, and I, I couldn't answer the question, you know, and, and, and looking back at that now, because I, I know who I am, I know what I represent, I know what I'm passionate about, I know, um, you know, what I stand for, and um, not being able to answer somebody in that moment because of all those expectations around me, um, I just I needed to get out of that. I needed to um, I needed to go back sort of to to my own roots and not compromise that in any way. Um, and that was just a reminder and of that. And you know, if I was going to do music, I wanted to do it in my own. I want. I have to be me, entirely, or I can't do it. You know, um, no matter what the cost is. So, mirror me came at that time. Um, and Warrior heart is. Um, it's a call to our indigenous youth in Canada. Uh, there's a suicide crisis in Canada, and 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 um, and any time. I hear about another story or there's a personal sort of um, connection to um, a loss or a struggle even in our community, it reminds me that, you know, I, I remember what that feels like to struggle as um, a young Indigenous youth and, and not sort of feel like there's any um, sort of hope to, to move forward past what you're experiencing or 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 the weight that you sort of feel Uh, it's hard as young young people in general it's hard uh, to see past that time and understand that um, there's you know a future Uh, so warrior heart I wrote as a tribute to you know my past as a young person but more importantly, as a song of hope for young people to, uh, you know, hopefully to understand that
1: um, they're just little fighters or
0: little warriors and that we need them.
1: I really appreciate and like, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, It's really powerful that you've been able to take your own experiences and kind of be vulnerable in sharing them. Mm -hmm. I think there's really something to be said for that, because I think a lot of the time that how do I say this because this isn't like a mode of creation that I use at all this isn't how I I will never be able to express myself well in words I am really in awe of people that can Um, but especially to be so vulnerable I. I really look up to that and I'm very thankful that there are people such as yourself that are willing to put themselves out there into positions of vulnerability in order to share their stories for others that might be going through the same thing
0: Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I—I I mean, I—I I still struggle with it. I, I still have to push myself to—to um, to go past my own sort of comfort levels. Um, and to be completely honest, the only—the only thing that gave me strength uh, to do that was the idea that it could, like, that art could potentially do the same for someone else the way it did for me as a young person. So I forever keep that in my heart and in my head when, when in whatever I'm doing. And it just reminds me to sort of, you know, to, to be as open as I possibly can about my experiences and um, my journey so that, you know, hopefully it might be able to, to just give somebody a little bit of strength
1: yeah thank you for that Mm -hmm. because would you say that that I guess purpose maybe has is like a pretty big guiding force in your work yeah
0: definitely absolutely yeah it's 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 the reason why I've been able to uh, move forward in in music and and focus on what's important to me and that's looking at a bigger picture you know looking at um it's not the release of a song it's not a specific show it's the bigger picture but you know if I'm performing maybe there's someone there who needs that medicine you know um if I say something specific in a song maybe that'll reach you know a a certain specific anybody who needs that um it's my driving force it's my driving force it keeps me going it keeps me focused it keeps me energized and i keep learning and growing from that uh like i look back like even a year last year and how much i've learned and and um the person you know i've and and artist that i've become um even since last year um and this next song that I'm releasing is—it's um, about—it's a celebration of being out. It's um, my celebration of of—I've never really sort of, as far as my music goes, artistically been out. Um, so it's just sort of my way of celebrating that um, and acknowledging you know that that part of me
1: yeah can we talk a little bit more about that because that's the project that you're working on in Vancouver right now right or you're the only one
0: mm-hmm.
1: awesome. I'm actually
0: um we thought we ended up shooting the video in Toronto um, okay, a couple weekends ago uh in Vancouver I am doing um there's a women's conference and youth conference then I will be spending some time with the youth here tomorrow
1: Speaking on that same topic you as we kind of touched on before like you do a lot of work with you whether that's speaking at conferences and things like that and recently spoke at the 2019 GSA conference Reflections of Me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I guess for anybody else that's looking to kind of get involved.
0: It's hard question because it really does um, depend on sort of your access. I mean, there are a lot of issues with the youth, uh, two-spirit youth and LGBTQ2 youth um, on reserves because it's remote communities. I um, I think what I would say is regardless of your access, that you lead your life honestly and truly to who you are and openly to who you are. And... Um, build your own community if if it's not available to you. I mean, in Toronto, we're really lucky. Vancouver, you know, like these places, we're really lucky because there's lots of community centers and there's lots of, you know, pride organizations and lots going on um, that you can take part in and meet different people. And, um, you know, there's even youth groups and lots of stuff going on um, to celebrate each other. But um, there are places in Canada where there aren't. So I would say to those Um, young people or even anyone you know create your own community there's there's no reason why you know you you, you shouldn't be able to create your own sort of sense of uh of uh family and, and and whatever that means to you so um you know and that's a pretty powerful thing to to lead that um charge so uh you know if it's not there my answer would be to create it yourself and 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 guide, you know, a new family, bring together a new family, because um, if if you don't lead with who you are, if you don't express who you are, you know, there are others that m- might feel that they can't either. So we you know, to take on that sort of uncertainty and fear, you know, like I'm sure you can understand, we can all understand. You know, to be who you are is scary because the world is, you know, very often tries to shut it down. But to just be be who you are and and and, and, and find your family and your community t- to celebrate who you are.
1: That's what i would say. It's a really long answer and I tend to blab so. <laughs> when you were growing up, kind of how did you find that kind of community? Like, did something like that exist where you were living or did you kind of have yeah. to make it for yourself or how was that...
0: Yeah, no, I did not. know. I look back at it and think, if I only knew, you know, if I if I only knew, if I felt a sense of sort of safety with coming out, I would have done it at five or four, four or five when I knew. And so, I I, I left, you know, where I grew up. And I began to immerse sort of myself in Toronto's LGBTQ community. Um, I'd, I'm sure it existed where where I grew up. I I just wasn't aware of it, and um, I I just didn't feel safe. I did not feel safe to sort of be, you know, be myself. So um, I had to find. I had to find people to help me through that time. Um, So, yeah, if that answers your question.
1: It's really nice. I mean, obviously, this is a really big double edged sword um, for both ends of this. But, you know, like, because the world, in a sense, has gotten so much smaller and bigger at the same time because of the internet, like, there is access to so many more communities that you wouldn't have, like, known existed, I guess, like, beforehand. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is really nice and, like, really incredible that youth now, like, we have access to all of these things and we can kind of see what else is out there and kind of, like, you can get access to a much bigger world outside of a small town, which is incredible, but then it also opens up the doors, unfortunately, to, like, so much bullying and everything through that as well. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, for sure, especially as young people, you know, like, figuring it all out. Um, Yeah, yeah, I, I... I would say that, you know, the access online that we have is really great, but I still find it extremely important to be able to connect with your uh, with your own surroundings and your own community, you know, like real live sort of connections and, you know, and, and that could be as simple as like, You know connecting spiritually if you don't have the opportunity to connect with somebody um you know physically sort of you know like a like a uh, an an adult someone who um you know can mentor or or you can get advice from um you know connecting spiritually or connecting to the earth um, you know just sort of grounding yourself and uh you know just educating yourself and and making yourself aware of, you know, what's going on in your, you know, in the world, and sort of to sum up my answer, it's, um, you know, there's great opportunities, but I just, I would would say to anyone, just connect with your community, connect with the people sort of around you physically, you know.
1: 100%, and nothing can really replace that, especially if, you're feeling very vulnerable and unsafe like Mm -hmm. you know there's only so much safety I guess mentally that a digital space can provide for you. Yeah for sure
0: there are great resources obviously you know like I do uh, have done some work with the We Matter campaign and and they're doing amazing work giving tools real physical tools to um, use in in and on sort of in remote communities um, as well as the kids' help phone. You know, if you're feeling desperate is um, another tool that they can do. There's there's tools that you can turn to, but just to have like that connection to something, for me, it was music. I I didn't feel that I had anyone I could sort of, you know, lean back on in, in times where I felt, you know, overwhelmed. So for me it was music. So I'm not saying it has to be anyone specific. It doesn't have to be the internet. It doesn't have to be a phone call. It doesn't have to be you know, it's 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 what calls to you and and, and and I don't know what that is for you know, so
1: it could be anything.
0: Whatever speaks to you.
1: <laughs> when you left your hometown to go to Toronto, was it with the intention of pursuing music um professionally or yeah. was it kind of more so to yeah rather I mean, I'm yeah. sure a bit of both, but finding a little bit more of the world as well. Yeah,
0: After Music Saves My Life. I know that sounds pretty dramatic, but it really did. It honestly and truly really did. I, it, I knew I had to do it for the rest of my life. And I, and I don't know what, you know, my sort of journey has in store. I don't know. Um, the only thing that matters to me is that I can continue creating something that might empower someone else that's that's all that matters to me truly and honestly so I knew that no matter what um I I would I will not compromise that
1: what was it like making that move to Toronto because I'm sure that's a path that many not just a musician but like many artists period make that Mm -hmm. big like move from you know small town to big city yeah what was that like and I guess at what point were you like, okay, this is, like, a viable career path for me?
0: Um, (laughs) That's a good question. You know what's interesting is, like, it's hard with art to look at it in a way and think it's a viable. It's really not viable. Like, art is so funny that way. It's, like, you can have the most success. You know, like, I've had some really great experiences where, you know, I'm on the road all the time and I'm releasing new music and doing really cool things but it's like it could go it you know and it could stop for whatever reason and you know or or sort of or it doesn't really have to be viable I I I truly believe that you just have to love what you're doing and make that the reason otherwise you're gonna drive yourself mad (laughs) You know, like, we don't have any control as artists. We don't have any control over who picks it up and who's interested in it. Um, I, I I do it because, you know, it's sort of my way of giving something, putting something out in the world that gave to me. And I'm just, like, madly in love and passionate about it. So it's sort of easy to just focus on that and not think about, you know, the things that I accomplish are, like, sort of, they help me, obviously, they help me through my journey, and they, they give me access, and help me, you know, continue to build, but, but if I hadn't, if I didn't have any of that, I would still figure out a way to, to just create, I would do whatever, you know, whatever I had to do to just be able to create.
1: I think so, too, like, even though people, like, you do, you have a career as an artist, and Mm-hmm. People have careers as artists that maintaining that balance between obviously recognize that, yeah, that's your quote unquote job, but not getting, I'm sure, too bogged down in. Because I mean, you need to feed yourself, obviously, but the danger of getting too bogged down in kind of data and numbers and having things like that drive creative decisions. Mm-hmm. Do you but ever I find think- that to be a struggle, or are you like.
0: No. I think my point is just that you know you could you could you could work at a diner and and still create and be just as happy if if you have the right sort of mentality about it. Um I could anyways, you know what I'm saying like if if, if nobody ever listened to my music or or paid any attention, I I would make my money so that I could, you know, pay my way through the world and but I would continue to create and I would still be happy. I would still be happy. I'd pick up my guitar and I'd go down to the as I did when I first came to Toronto at a local um, you know, whatever kind of joint and and just share my music. But 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 that being said, you know, it's it's a it's a music is sort of a business. Um so you have to be able to to balance it out. You're right. You have to be able to balance it out, um keeping the love and passion mentality you know, at the forefront and, and just understanding that, you know, at some point, if you, if you are making art and it is getting into the hands of other people, um, that's the passion part. And then the other half is the industry is the business aspect of it that you don't want to get taken advantage of or rocked by because that's not fun.
1: No, I have always, um, again not so much with music most of like the quote-unquote arts that I look into and like do a lot of studying on is in fashion and there's always that balance of like for like a creator and a designer of balancing like the art and the science of it um, which Mm -hmm. I always find really interesting because I'm like a little bit of a data nerd sometimes but making something for commercial like not I'm not like necessarily speaking to you at all um, but just generally like not getting bogged down in data but like knowing how to make something that the market wants and is interested in but not necessarily doing that reflected on what the market already wants because creativity is always about innovation and something new I find it really Mm -hmm. interesting um anytime you look into like the business and analytics of the Mm art because it is yeah such there is such a um sweet spot between the two yeah
0: no I agree I agree with you um and I guess it really depends on sort of who you are as well, right? Like, I think it just depends on who you are as an individual. I think there are people who um, really thrive on sort of creating what's in the moment and, you know, like wearing things that are in the moment and they really thrive and enjoy themselves in that sort of world. But then there's the another type of sort of individual who... Um, you know just sort of almost even rebels against that 100 um and and both are fine both are completely fine in my opinion i don't know for what it's worth but uh you know i just think i think it depends on the person um i know a lot of people who just and they are successful but they they don't they don't care about what's going on in the business of it they don't care sort of uh, uh what's next or what's current or what's they're just doing what they do and who they are and expressing themselves and it works for them.
1: I think at the end of the day, like as long as you're doing generally, as long as you're not hurting anybody and you're doing what feels right, usually that will work out at some point. Oh, yeah. oh, and I've kind of yeah. always so, sure. been of the belief as well that like, no matter what you decide to do, like you do have the decision to make, you're like, okay, do I have my, like, do I, am I able to marry you know passion and career or do you like have a career that allows you to pursue your passion like yeah it's mm-hmm. different for everyone hey but mm-hmm. I
0: definitely like it's hard it's a really big question but um I I I feel like I've, I feel like I've probably married the two I feel like you know just from just from the point of view or I've, I've had to figure out sort of, you know, when I when I left that management um, and I became an indie artist, I had to figure out, you know, there's there's the business side of it. Like, how are you going to get your music out there? And that's that's, uh, you know, something that you as an artist, as a, you know, in music,
1: you have to take on and. Uh,
0: so yeah, there's that part of it.
1: So you said that you left management. Or were you with management in a label before and now you're independent? Yeah. What? yeah. what was the decision to do that? Or what was behind the decision to do that? It, it's like I was saying before, it was not, I felt like I, I was
0: sort of just being suffocated by um, someone else's kind of idea of what, I should be. And, and like we were talking about before, it's, you know, all of this sort of idea around what's currently happening in music and what sounds are being and how the production is and genre wise. And it's like country's in, no pops in, no. And it's like, it's so easy to bury yourself in that or be buried. Uh, Sort of what I felt. And I was just kind of going along for the ride, trusting, like, you know, that this it would work out, it would work out, and I'd end up being happy, and I just wasn't. And the further I got into it, the busier I was, the, you know, the,
1: the um, you know, things were happening, but I, I thought, I just knew it wasn't for me. Were they trying to kind of box you in too much as an artist, did you feel, or, like, really? yeah. And as, like, time went
0: on, it was about, about, you know, it became personal because, you know, I, like, things like, you know, don't talk about being gay in front of people, you know, like, you have to make sure that everyone feels invited, you know, sort of insinuating, you know, men and women, but it's like, no, I think you guys are forgetting that, like, I do music, you know, like, (laughs) Like, like that's it. There's, in my mind, I don't know why it's about that. I mean, I, they were from a business world, and I guess, you know, it's just a different perspective, but it didn't work for me. It, it didn't work for me. And so as I started to hide myself as um, gay, I started to hide myself as sort of like this, um, you know, like a sort of like a, just a strong energy I I started to like I like you know my shoulders were down my head was down I and I couldn't answer the question you know who are you and and I guess I just felt like everyone else in the room apparently know who I was better than I did um so it didn't make much sense for me to answer the question um it was wrong I was so wrong that was so wrong it was all just wrong um and when I left that situation I really got to uh, understand the full scope of how sort of messed up that was for me.
1: Yeah, for lack of a better word, that's, like, really... F- um, right, right. Especially just having the audacity to say, who are you? But don't include X, Y, Z, because that's not... Yeah, well,
0: at the, it, it was... You know what it was? It was... Um, like I was signed to um, an indie label and they were pitching to like a major label. So it was the major label who asked, who are you? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know anymore. So I guess I'll just sing. <laughs> a yes. song that, and it's funny. I had written this song called I'm not okay. And it's just about like, you know, going through that. And it's like, just, I'm not good in this moment. Like, I'm just not okay with what's happening. And it was turned into, like, this pop dance song. So it was, like, the... the the um My intent for the song was completely different than what it got, sort of, what it became. So it, I just laugh now, because I listen to it, and it's, like, this, like, pop electric song, like, pumping, like, club to oh. some girl... Singing, I'm not okay. I'm barely breathing. <laughs>
1: that, how did that happen? No.
0: <laughs> just, uh, just decisions got made. Where, where, And that's what I'm saying, you know? Like, I had no say, no control over anything at that point. And it was like, you know, you, you get put in a room with producers, and then someone else is talking for you, and they just finished your song. So... I um, I guess I really didn't feel strong enough in that moment to sort of like put my foot down, um, because I know that that was an option, but I just had to leave it to understand, to feel confident and strong enough to be able to do it on my own, and I had to fully do it on my own. Um, I had to leave the situation.
1: Yeah, that's that's really good that you did. And well, yeah. Do you feel like it was obviously, like, morally the right decision, but
0: Oh, if- my gosh. I just laugh at it now. Now I just laugh. I just look back, and I think it was a journey. It was a part of my journey. It was a learning experience, and it's it, it forced me to sort of take a look at myself that maybe I wouldn't have done so soon, you know? It just forced me to kind of look in the mirror. there's probably why Mary came up, but...
1: It did. it's kind of interesting slash incredibly messed up though. like kind of state of the world right now obviously um but when you look at business and the way that I mean I'm sure not all labels but it sounds like it's the case for yours where you know companies and like corporations are essentially trying to like um I guess yeah capitalize um on uh obviously huge wave that I'm sure that they see as as a trend that's very like in right now with youth and essentially trying to capitalize just on like people of color women like marginalized communities Um I was just seeing a thing today like going around calling it rainbow capitalism mm-hmm. in a way and again sorry this is a bit of a ramble but yeah I don't know I think it's I'm really excited to hear that you did go indie after or go like become an independent artist after that experience um yeah yeah same (laughs) because there's so much pressure I think for um minorities when there is an opportunity because if you feel like one isn't coming along again to kind of take it even if maybe it's not the best option but just because like maybe we weren't like given other options in the past and you're like afraid you know if that makes sense like um yeah
0: for
1: sure like as like a woman of color myself and obviously like watching my mom and things like that. I have often seen examples where I know she's sacrificed in her beliefs just because she's like, well, I'm not allowed to play the game like that. I have to just, you know, go with it sometimes, which is heartbreaking. Um, So again, it's really empowering to kind of see someone in your position as well. Stand up for yourself and walk away.
0: Yeah. I think I, I think when you're in it, to really keep sort of keep your focus on your growth. And I knew in that situation that that was not an option for me to grow, for me to grow as a person. It was hindering sort of my growth and journey. And so I think any situation that you're sort of in, being able to, you know, ask yourself, is it, there's, there's just no choice for me there was no choice but to walk away because it was like, this isn't going to work out for me in the end. And even if this did, like, even if all the things that I had was promised, you know, like, you you know, how sort of what people say is true. When someone comes knocking at your front door and like, I'm going to make you famous, you know, like, I've got this and I got that and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And we did. I mean, Everything that they said they were going to do, we were doing. But whatever that came with, I I wasn't going to be happy with. Because I wasn't being myself. So, and I spent so much time being like, in my younger years, being closeted, you know? And I just couldn't live the rest of my life that
1: way. What have been kind of some of the challenges since you've... When was this, sorry, that you became an independent artist? Um, I think I was... Twenty-three, twenty-four, maybe. How has it been since then? Like, what were some of the, I guess, initial challenges of going solo to Ascent? How have you been able to, I guess, navigate the waters and kind of fill the holes that the label and management provided? Mm-hmm. I think the biggest,
0: you know, if I'm being honest, the biggest um, sort of uh, obstacle was financial um like financial stability that access was no longer there so to release a video i had to figure it out you know to um work with a new producer i had to figure it out but with that came um everything meant more because i was working with the people that i wanted to work with you know i was saying the words that I wanted to speak, and and in in the tone that I wanted to, and genre, you know, the genre that fit the song, and and through that journey, I've built you know friendships and lasting connections because I guess because it came from me and not just sort of access or easy easy access, you know what I'm saying?
1: I'm sure also too, like now that you're the person that's making. Those connections in the future, should you decide to maybe go back to a label or one that you know aligns more obviously, like with your values, um, that at least you like you know every facet of what's or yeah every corner of like what's going on, that you have more power and more control in future situations because you have more leverage, I guess.
0: That is definitely true. I like I I could never. I think I'm a little bit of a micromanager now too. <laughs> like with sort of all aspects of things, and I'm and I'm not a, a genuinely true sort of organized person. I'm very right side sort of artist, like free brain all over the place. My is my natural state. Um, so I've had to sort of figure out how to keep it all organized, especially in in the busier times, and. I really enjoy building those connections with people. You know, like when I do a show, sort of, you know, having that connection and 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 keeping that connection and friendship, even sometimes. Um, I don't know if I don't know how I'd ever give that up. You know, I really don't. I don't. I I think I'd open up my own label before I would give it up to someone else. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm do you ever want to do that is that something that you're interested in oh yeah in? Ab- yes yes absolutely I would do that cool. yes I would do that in a heartbeat so cool I don't know I think there's something lot like, really to be said for learning all the aspects of an industry and of a business I think yeah I think it's I mean you know not everyone has to do it that's not for everybody but if you can yeah I- totally yeah yeah yeah
0: cool. yeah, um, yeah I agree with you I agree if it's something that you can sort of I found it for me personally to be more freeing to understand what it means to release a song and where does it go and where can you put it? Now, I understand that I have so much to learn and and I I will never in this lifetime, you know, fully understand all of the sort of... I'm an artist more than I am a business person. I just do the business because I have to be, because I'm an artist, you know? So, yeah, I would say i would say to anyone who who genuinely wants to create you know music to really sort of govern yourself in a way that you understand the business aspect so that you know after you create where does that go from there and and you hold that power you hold that control you get to say where where it goes, where it fits, who's your demographic, um, sort of thing.
1: What are some of the projects that you have coming up this year?
0: So releasing new music i've I've sort of in the past, I've really taken myself like seriously as far as releasing music. Um, I hold on to it forever, and I'm like, oh you know, it's not the right time or or I just sort of hold on to it and sit on it. But I think um, I feel inspired to just release music, like release whatever I'm working on. And even if it's just casually, you know, if there's not a music video with it, um, this, this single coming up does have a music video, but, but even, you know, even if there's not just to sort of release it and put it out there so that, you know, it just sort of, there's a lot that goes on that I don't sort of share creatively um I'd like to sort of push myself to share more um but it's been really busy this year with shows and a lot of work with youth and um yeah and then who else who knows what else
1: but that's that's on the agenda that's awesome and I'll link to any of the upcoming um like shows that people can grab tickets for and get information on in the show notes as well and then lastly uh, where can people find you? ShawneeMusic.com has all of
0: my like social media links. I would say that would be like the the place to go. that has has um, Spotify link on there and sort of Instagram and Twitter and all of that stuff.
1: Well, thank you so much, Shawnee. It was really nice to talk to you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The only Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode, and thanks again Shawnee for coming on to the podcast. Shawnee's music video for You're the Only One will be out on July 7th, so make sure you give her a follow on her social media channels so you don't miss it. I have linked to the show notes for this episode in the description, so check those out for photos, links to upcoming shows, and other media on the topics that we discussed during the interview. If you enjoyed this episode, again, please subscribe and leave us a rating and review on iTunes, they really do help. And if you have any questions that you would like me to bring up with one of our next guests, please either email me at offkey at or send me a message at either Membrand Labs or LinksArnold on Instagram. Offkey and Fault Tolerant, our sibling podcast on tech and blockchain, are both produced by Membran Entertainment Canada, aka Membran Labs, a music services company that provides distribution services for the export of Canadian music. We're also exploring blockchain technology to create a more transparent and secure ecosystem for music's rights owners to get paid. And if you're interested in recording your own podcast at Membran Labs, you can find out more information on our website at www.membranlabs.com. That's it for now. I'll see you next Monday, where I'll be chatting with musician, sound designer, composer, and storyteller Sandy Schofield. Thanks again for listening, and I'll play you out with You're the Only One by Shawnee.